Welcome, everybody. You are listening or watching to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G. I've got Jennifer Maha here from Fresh Junkie Racing, as I've been instructed to say it's different than the normal Fresh Junkie. So I'm excited to have her on. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm more than honored to have you on. And we'll get into our, our family relationship later on and the fact that we're actually cousins. Yep. Exciting stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. So for those that aren't aware of what Fresh Junkie Racing is, what are y'all? What do you do? We are an endurance production company. So we produce marathons, half marathons, 5Ks, and some triathlons. So we're basically in the lifestyle of health and fitness is what our company does currently and where we're kind of aiming to go in the future. Okay. So what races do y'all put on in the area that people would be aware of? So, okay, I guess starting in January, our biggest race is the Louisiana Marathon. Uh, we also do Mardi Gras Mambo. We do the Amazing Half Marathon. Um, out of town, we do the Tuscaloosa Half Marathon in Tuscaloosa. We do the Huey P. Long 5K, um, which takes place in New Orleans. In the summertime, we do two triathlons, Crawfish Man and Indian Creek, um, both of which are not in the Baton Rouge area. They're about an hour drive in um, two different directions. Then in the fall, we have North Shore Half Marathon and 10 Miler, which is on the North Shore. We have the Battleship 12K in Mobile. Then we have two turkey trots. We have one in Mandeville and one in Baton Rouge. And then right after that, we have the Tiger 10K, which is 10K and a 5K. And then right after that, we have um, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Marathon. And this okay. past year, we, we picked up a race in Tampa uh, to produce, which is kind of the first uh, time that we've been brought in just to do the production of an event. So that was kind of a fun new adventure for us um, as a company as we kind of grow out of market, out of the region into bigger places. Gotcha. So what, I mean, what is it like putting a race on? I know I've, I've attended some and I've been involved with some as far as participating, but never on the back end of actually putting the race on. It's well, before you get to the race, um, it's a lot of work, you know, there's a lot of planning and getting road closures and permits and, um, estimating how many people you're going to have. Um, there's a lot of communication and design work as far as like medals and t-shirts and branding and like, who's your audience and trying to grow your audience. Um, so there's a lot of work that goes into the forefront of the event, um, which is kind of where I spend a majority of my time is in that space. But then when you get to like race weekend, race weekend, it very much becomes a production, right? So it's like, how many cones do you need? How many barricades do you need? Who's setting them up? What time does that have to be done? So it's kind of like running any sort of a production. There's a very, very tight timeline. Everybody's accountable for their job and what they need to do. Um, and when that gets done and you see an event completely differently when, then, when you produce it. Because when you're a participant, you just show up and you sort of have a, a unique experience. But behind the scenes, like, you know, we account for every water cup, every amount of goo, like how many runners are going to be there, what time the first finisher is coming through, what the news media wants. So it's really thinking through all the small details, including the very minor details that most runners would never think of. We've thought of and have a plan for um, a kind of a good example of that is last year in 2019, January 2019, we had a storm come in and had to cancel our Saturday events for the Louisiana Marathon. We've never, luckily, have never had to do that because weather is a huge factor when you're putting on outdoor events. Um, but we did have a plan, and it was like, if this happens, then we're going to execute X, Y, and Z. So when, you know, it happened and the storm came in right at the time it did, we had a plan in place. We activated the plan and, you know, kind of tried to do the best that we could do. So there's a ton of planning that goes into putting on an event. Um, so much planning that, like, by the time it's over, you're kind of exhausted and you need a few days to remember like how much fun it was because it's, it's, it takes all of your brain cells because you're constantly looking at what's happening, engaging is the current plan working. Do we need to modify any particular part of it on any part of the course and any part of the event to make sure it runs smoothless um, and effortlessly to the end user, to sponsors and everybody involved. But it is a tremendous amount of fun. Like, I mean, I would assume it's kind of the same as people who put on Broadway's plays, you know, the show must go on. And after every show you look at what could be better, you look at what went really well, but you know, at the end of the day, you're going to do it again tomorrow and you're going to have just as much fun. Right. Yeah. And that's, I know the races are always fun whenever I've attended. So whatever goes on, in the, on behind the scenes, I know it's got to be just flawless through and through the whole way. Yeah. And we have a great, I mean, we have a great team. Our, our hardcore team of people is like, 
you know, roughly six or seven of us that work in the business pretty much day to day. But as we ramp up into race weekends, our team grows and expands. Louisiana Marathon is pretty much our biggest race locally that we put on. And so we have a very big team of people that we bring in from all over the country that come and help. But it's people who've been here year over year. So it's always, it's kind of the first night, which is Thursday night of the event. When everybody kind of gets to t- gets into town, we start working and we start going over the plan for the weekend. It's a lot of business, but it's also a lot of fun because we get to see people we haven't seen in a while and like rehash memories from last year or the, the year before that. And um, so you, these people kind of become your family because you like to spend time with them and you also know that you can trust them. You know that they have whatever they're assigned to do, they're going to do it and they're going to execute it flawlessly. Right. And how, how is that trying to plan throughout the year, knowing you've got all these people coming in from out of town, whether it be out of state or out of city? Like, how do you what's y'all's best practices for communicating throughout the year? Well, we kind of do um, it, it again. It depends on the race. So like the Louisiana Marathon is our, our biggest race. Um, so for that race, our other two big races are Tiger 10K and Mississippi Gulf Coast Marathon. We communicate pretty regularly throughout the year to our audience. And also we talk about those races constantly. Um, but it is basically a ramping up season, right? Where you, it depends on how often you're talking to people, but as you get closer to the race, our internal communication is very heavy. It's day to day. Like we're going over the plan. We're adapting. We're check. We have checklist of things. Um, we're communicating with all of our sponsors. We're trying to make sure all of their needs are met and that we're over um, under promising and over delivering at every step for our smaller races. It's the same process, but the timeline is just a little bit shorter because it's a smaller audience um, and a much smaller event. Um, and we've learned a lot of, tough lessons over the years of what worked, what didn't work. But I think as we've grown and added in more races and more people with different expertise, we've gotten it down to where we're pretty good at like handling, like producing races back to back. Cause this year within, I think November, that span when we do like battleship and the Turkey trots, Tiger, that's like a, that's five weeks where we have five races back to back, which is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of, but we know that like everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone knows their task. Everyone's getting their job done. Um, and when you're finally come out on the other side of that tunnel, you look back and you're like, I can't believe we just did that again for like (laughs) the third year in a row. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And I think the funnest thing for everybody, um, because most everybody that's involved at some point, you get to see the runners, right? You get to see your audience, whether it's out on the course, whether it's at the start of the race, whether it's at the finish of the race. And that is where you kind of stop and you, you take it all in and you forget a little bit about the planning for a minute. And you look at the individuals or the people who are out there doing something they didn't know they could do or trying to accomplish something they're not quite sure they can do in that moment. Right. And then when you watch them come across the finish line, that never gets old. Like it never gets old. Um, Watching people come across the finish line every time reminds you why you wake up at three o'clock in the morning on race weekends, you know, and you work, 18 to 20 hour days back to back to back because you get to see runners celebrate who they are and what they're trying to do. And a lot of what they're doing is kind of an individual thing, but like watching the look on their faces as they come through that finish line, it's very emotional and it's very powerful. Oh yeah. I mean, especially as, you know, a participant in being in a race, you know, I did the, the Baton Rouge beach and I also did the Louisiana marathon a couple of years ago and like being able to finish that marathon. I mean, the marathon is always the, in a normal person's mind is like the pinnacle of like the racing is the marathon. Right. I mean, once right. you, you get involved in the triathlons, then it's a whole different level. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then it becomes the Ironman. Um, but for like people going through, like finishing the marathon for me, it was just like a, such a major personal accomplishment. Like I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of forget about the whole behind the scenes of putting the race on because you're too busy enjoying it. And when you experience that and it's just so flawless, man, everything just goes perfectly according to plan. I know it's a fantastic feeling for the racers involved with every race. Well, I think a big part of what sets us apart from a lot of races um, and even companies that kind of do what we do is every person that works with us is also an athlete, right? So like our, Mm -hmm. one of our mottos is kind of like for athletes by athletes, because we put on events for athletes of all different levels. And we are athletes of all different levels. I mean, we have several people who are coaches. We have nutritionists involved. Um, you know, we have people who've coached high school and junior high track and cross country. We've had people that have done Ironman. You know, we've had people who've qualified for Boston. Like, we've had people that have done the very things we do at all different levels. Um, and so we know what it means to sweat the small details. And we know what it means, like, when you get them wrong. Because we've all been, you know, athletes. We've been in a race. We've seen it done not that well. 
And so our accountability to our athletes, I think, and to our participants is very high because we know what we would expect when we show up to a race. And we want to make sure that we deliver a flawless experience as much as possible to our runners. Um, And if anything doesn't go according to plan, like we know how much that hurts. Like when we had to cancel that 5K, like that hurt, that hurt us in a very bad way because we've been there. Like we've been the athletes that have trained for something that didn't pan out, you know? Mm. Um, And I think because of that, we do pay attention to every detail. And every time we think about what works best for the operation side, you know, like the best uh, distance, the best course, whatever, then we always put on our participant hat and we're like, well, what's the best version of this from the athlete's mind, right? To make sure it balances out on both sides. And we always try to think about our participants and our runners first. Yeah. And that's, I mean, going in with that mindset, you kind of set yourself up for success knowing that, Hey, we're all in this. We've all done this before. We know, we know what makes a good race, a good race. And we know what makes a bad race. It's easy to find a race. That's a bad race going there the first time. I mean, cause from the second you show up, you're going to tell it's a, cause you don't have people directing you. You know, there's where I part, you're given none of that information that you would think should be the first thought when putting on a race is like, okay, where are they going to park? Yeah. I mean, what it, well, and what, we have, I mean, with Facebook and email, I mean, people let you know, like they will absolutely yeah. let you know what you didn't get right. And, mm-hmm. um, so, and sometimes it's hard because people are yeah. emotional sometimes and, um, it's hard not to sometimes get a little fr- frazzled by that, but we take what we, people ask us and we mm-hmm. try to find a solution. And then we always, like, if we get the same question, like more than five times you realize it's an issue, right? Now we have to find a better, either we didn't do something right or we didn't communicate it clearly enough, right? And mm-hmm. so we kind of go back and decide, okay, we did it right, but what we didn't do is we didn't communicate it well enough. So it's not an operational problem, it's a communication problem. Um, right. So we do very much try to listen to what people say. And after every single one of our events, uh, we usually give it about a week and then we have a debrief meeting where we sit down and talk about you know, what were some major wins? What were some things we absolutely have to get better? You know, and we kind of give ourselves a scorecard. Like, how do we do this year? Good, bad, you know, et cetera. And we go through sort of every area of the event uh, and make notes so that when we start it again next year, we're better prepared, right? And sometimes it's like, yeah. okay, we did a good job. And sometimes it's like, yeah, we definitely have some room for improvement there. But, you know, and all of us still participate in events. So when we go do events, we're always looking at how are they doing this? How did they do registration? How did they do retail? You know, uh, me and one of our uh, employees went and did Ironman Texas last year. And I noticed a couple things they had done from a signage standpoint that I thought was really smart. Like they had signs on the course that said photographer ahead, right? So, you know, you're out there running and you know, okay, I got to make myself look good. Like put my bib number forward, like make sure I'm not like <laughs> drooling on myself so that I have a good picture. Right. And I thought that was right. a great idea. So last year we implemented those into a couple of our races and we got a lot better race photos because people kind of stopped and smiled and looked at the camera and um, they got better race photos as well. So that was, you know, we're always kind of looking to see like what other people are doing as we, cause all of us still race. So we're always kind of experiencing new events to see what are they doing? That's different. Like, could we also make some changes and things like that? Right. And then, so on, on the photography side, as far as licensing goes, cause I know y'all it's like, is it freelancer photographers? Do y'all pay them? And then you get the pictures and then they sell them. Like, what does that setup look like for photographers? So the way we've worked this um, <clears throat> is we hire photographers to come out and shoot race photos, right? So we kind of put them out on the course and they're there to get photos of everyone. Um, We give our photos away. So like we put them on Facebook and Mm -hmm. send them the link out via email. So you can search by your name or your bib and it's a free download, right? Um, Because we know that people want their race photos and we've just determined that it's from a marketing standpoint, if we give you your photos, you're going to share your photos, right? And that's good branding for ourselves We also typically put one of our bigger sponsors logo on the photo, right? So it's a good sponsorship engagement. Um, We pay our photographers by the hour to come out and shoot. And the ownership kind of situation there is we both own the photo, right? Like they can't necessarily sell the photo, but they can absolutely showcase it in their portfolio. They can use it in the future if they're building a website to kind of showcase all their work. Um, So, I mean, we've worked with companies in the past where, who we would hire, you know, the whole company to do the process. And they would basically take the cards from the photographers and own the photos. And I just, I didn't think that was right. Cause like if a, a local photographer in Baton Rouge came out and shot some amazing shots for me, well, I want to give that person credit so that they can go out and say, Hey, I do, 
this kind of photography. Here's some of my sample work, right? And we try mm-hmm. to tag them in the photos when we do like a here's a post race video or photo work because um, we hire videographers too. Um, and we don't right. want to take the credit for that because we know those people are putting in a lot of time and effort. And what they're doing is absolutely a very important skill. Um, so we try to give them credit and, and they're wonderful people and they do phenomenal work. And they're actually a lot of fun to hang out with. So we like having them around. <laughs> yeah, photographers are pretty cool people. They, uh, they've yeah. seen a lot and they can shoot a lot. Oh, oh yeah. And they can, they can see things that you don't see. And like, I always go back um, after the race is over and I look through all the photos. Um, and it's a, yeah. you know, it's a laborious task. It's very time consuming. But I think it's very important because it allows me to see the race through someone else's eyes that particular right. year. And I always see things I never would have seen if I hadn't done that. Um, because it takes, I mean, it takes a lot of time. And so, but I still think it's worth it because they see something that I would have never seen um, through their lens. That's just, and it could be five unique things, but it's worth going through all the photos for those five things. Right. And then, I mean, you can even later on say, okay, this was a great angle on the portion of the race, but we also have a lot of real estate. We can set up a barricade and put a sponsor banner right there. Yeah, you know, it opens seen, the ideas of we can get creative at the background of the imagery absolutely. for next year. And we also, you see things too. I mean, one of our races takes place in Mobile and you run and you finish at the battleship in Mobile. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain part on the course where it's just a long stretch of grass and road, but you can see the battleship in the background. And I was out there that particular year helping out with photography. So I was out there shooting photos or whatever. And a ton of runners stopped and asked me to take their picture with their phones. And I was like, okay, you know, so I did that for a while. And I was like, you know, we should actually put up sort of a step and repeat here because people are going to stop in this location no matter mm-hmm. what and take pictures. We might as well add some sponsor and some branding like right on the side of it and frame up the battleship so that we encourage more people to do it. Yeah. Um, and it's things like that. Like I typically spend a lot of our big races. I actually go out on the course and shoot video or photo in some capacity and it allows me to see the race and indifferent from a visual standpoint and see like new opportunities or again, things you wouldn't see otherwise. Um, and it's always fun. Like you just, you learn so much every year. I mean, I've done Louisiana marathon. This will be our 10th year coming up. So I've been a part of the race production crew for seven years and every year I learn something new. So it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. And so when, when approaching sponsors, I guess, how do you, how do you navigate that field when getting sponsors? Cause you have so many different avenues that you can put sponsorship logos, or you can even place people to, you know, have this water station sponsored by Gatorade or whatever, you know, right, I'm so gonna, how, I'm going to turn on the light real quick. So I think it's getting kind of dark in here. Oh, there we go. Now <laughs> I can go. see you. Well, a lot of it is looking at the value that it adds. Right. So we have mm-hmm. two guys who work with us, um, and, and they're both owners of the business, but their specialty is sponsorship, right? So they, they've studied sponsorship. They go look at other races, like really big races, like Boston Marathon and like New York, you know, like really big races and see what they're doing. They look at small races to see what they're doing. Um, and then they also talk to current sponsors and potential future sponsors just to see what are you interested in? Like, what are your objectives? And if your objectives align up with something we think we can deliver, then it's a pretty good match. So then from there, we start talking about, okay, well, how would you like to be a part of this? Because what we don't want to do is just put your logo on something um, because we don't think that's, we can deliver more than that, right? Mm-hmm. So we want you to be an engaged sponsor and we want to be able to provide you with a lot of value and then afterwards be able to show you that value, right? So whether it's sponsoring a particular campaign, whether it's sponsoring our post-race video, which gets a ton of hits, you know, it's looking at the right sponsor for the right thing that kind of has a sellable value to it. Um, and we right. reevaluate all of those every year. We reevaluate them for every single race we do because they're different based on the audience. Um, and it's a changing game. You know, what sponsorship was five years ago, three years ago is different today, right? Today it's all about data and metrics, right? How many people are looking at your website? How many people saw this ad? And so we're having to provide not so much visuals, right? But the, the metrics behind the visuals. And so we're constantly learning and adapting and realizing, okay, well, if this is what sponsors want, if this is where their value is, well, then we need to make a couple of changes in our marketing plan to deliver what it is that's currently more valuable to them than what we were doing, say, three years ago. So it's definitely a learning curve that we're always trying to stay on top of and think through. And, you know, we have lots of idea sessions where it's like, okay, 
you know, who could be a sponsor this year? What are some new ideas we could have? What's, what are some different sponsorable assets we could potentially sell? And it's always a moving target, but it keeps us on our toes for sure. Oh yeah. Especially with all the different platforms that social media provides. It used yeah. to be what just, Oh, you can get your name on the back of a shirt, maybe get a tent set up at the end of the site. But yeah. now it's okay. Now you have the chance to take the video, for example, that we're then going to cut up a hundred different ways and that's going to yeah. be repurposed. So yeah. while the initial video may get a couple thousand views, that clip of your logo in the, you know, the corner of the screen is yeah. going to get seen hundreds of thousands, if not millions of times, just over the course of repurposing the content. Yeah. And like, we're looking at, you know, we started a blog recently. And so how does that play into sponsorship? You know, <coughs> is it them sponsoring certain content? Is it, us allowing them to share their content on our blog site, you know, so we're looking at new and different ways to add value, not just to sponsors, but also to our runners. And I would say like, you know, as we're looking at what's going on right now with the COVID virus, you know, it's not a good time to be in event production because event production is on pause and we're not sure when it's going to come back. Right. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns as to what's going to happen in the future, but I would say the benefit is people are realizing that being healthy is pretty important right now. I mean, that's the, right the scientific facts of what's going on right now is that healthy people are going to fare better in this and possibly future situations like this. Uh, and people have nothing else to do. Your kids aren't playing baseball. You can't watch sports on television. You can't go anywhere. So you might as well go for a walk or a jog or do some sit-ups or a bike ride or something. Mm -hmm. So I think people are getting healthier and I think people are going to enjoy hopefully those lifestyle changes. And so I think that is also going to present us with some interesting opportunities to not just be a company that produces races, but be a healthy, a health and lifestyle business, you know, where right. we're, I mean, me and one of the people that work with us, we've spent the past month really trying to read, not redefine who we are, but open up a new avenue for talking about just healthy lifestyle living and not just the actual events of racing, right? Mm -hmm. um, to sort of fill in that gap because we're realizing that right now there's a lot of people who are running or walking or getting active for the first time, right? So how can we be the brand that helps them keep this up and helps them sustain this into becoming a healthy lifestyle? Uh, right. Years ago, when the Louisiana Marathon started, um, there were discussions with this 41, 49 to 1 initiative. And what that meant was that Louisiana was the 49th healthiest state in the country, which is really not, oh my. <laughs> yeah, not, not stellar. But what could we do through running to get us closer to number one, right? We may never get to number one because I mean, we can cook really good food down here. So yeah. maybe we'll never make it all the way to one. Um, but to get us, I think we're okay know, with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to get us to a healthy place. And right. I think, you know, looking at what's going on right now, I know our business for sure is recommitting to, to going back and saying like, how can we encourage and inspire people not just to show up on race day and run, but to stay active all year. And like, what does that look like staying engaged, you know? And yeah. while a lot of people think, okay, if I'm going to start running, I got to hit a 5k, then a 10k, you know, half marathon, marathon, and then what, but there's nothing wrong with only ever running or walking a 5k, right? It's just getting yourself active, making healthy choices, um, and getting off the couch and doing something that, that feels good physically and mentally. And I think right. there's a, there's a good opportunity for our company to sort of be that voice that's hopefully encouraging people to be active now, but then in the long term, and hopefully they'll come out and race and bring friends because, you know, doing a run, whether you're slow or fast, it's still a lot of fun to be out there with your friends. It's just, it's a good day. It's a good time and it's great memories. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just to go and let your mind run free for however long your running exercise is, it's still good just to kind of get out because you're out of the house one. Yeah. And two, you're, you're getting your heart rate up, you're being active. And that overall is just, you know, producing endorphins that just makes you overall just kind of happier yeah, at the end of the run. Better. Physically, yeah. it absolutely makes you feel better. I had a conversation with a friend, <clears throat> actually yesterday, a lifelong friend um, who lives near New York and is not uh, a very healthy person. And she's really scared, you know, because the first time in her life she realizes that some of the bad health choices she's made is affecting her ability to survive right now. Like she's very scared. Right. And her and I had a long talk about that. And, and I told her, I was like, look, it's never too late. Like, it's not, the game isn't over, right? Like, it's not like you've, you've played your hand and you're out. Like, you can wake up tomorrow and change your life right now and make very small incremental changes to get back on the road to fitness and health. And you can live a healthy lifestyle because the choices you make today, next week, next month, 
are going to allow you to be my friend in the next 40 years, you know, and I, you know, and I, I want you to make those choices because I want you to be around for my 80th birthday. I'm going to need you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of people <clears throat> assume you're either a healthy person who runs or walks or you're not, but it's never too yeah. late to start a new adventure, to start a new lifestyle. And now is kind of the best time to do that. You got nothing else to do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's no excuses like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta go to the sporting event or I gotta go to this play or I gotta go to my kids thing. Like your kids aren't doing anything, but eating you out of house and home right now. <laughs> so I think it's a good time to encourage people to get up, get healthy uh, and, and take small steps and do small little bitty things now that hopefully become big things later on. Right. And it's, it's understanding that each person is unique in their journey with that. <clears throat> you know, not right. everybody's going to get out there and right out the gates, you know, run a six, seven minute mile. No. You know, some people may never get there and that's no. perfectly fine. Yep. You know, six or seven people when they see like, oh, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever the number is. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I'm, I can't run that fast. So I, what's the point? It's like, no. This is an individual. You running is not going to impact that other person running and them going faster is not going to make you worse. No, you know, you do what you can. And it was something that, you know, we talked about last year um, because we often use the word race, you know, like come Mm -hmm. do the Louisiana marathon race. And I kind of championed the idea of like, let's kind of start referring to them as events. Right. Because I feel like runners, people who call themselves runners, people who run fast, um, people who've been at this a long time who run those five, six, seven minute miles, they're coming to race, you know, they're coming, throw down right. their fastest race, try to hit a PR or whatever it is. But I really want to encourage the people who don't do that. The people who've been walking for years, why don't you come run at this event? Right. So using the word race, not as often in the word event a little bit more often, because a lot of people hear the word run, they hear the word race and they think, well, that is not for me. I don't race. I jog two miles in my neighborhood three times a week. <laughs> And, you know, our message to them is like, we are for you. Like, we want you to come out here. We want you to be a part of this. You don't ever have to get faster. You know, you you just have to come participate because you're going to have fun and you're going to bring your friends and it's going to make it more fun for everybody. And we're all going to get healthier. Our kids, our families, our neighbors are going to see us doing it. And then they're going to want to do it too. You know, where I live, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a small community out in St. Francisville. And just from my own activities of running, and then I met another friend out or actually two friends out here who run and we've encouraged at least three other families to start running both the wife and or the husband and the kids, you know? So, and our kids are now starting to run with us. So like, it is something that other people see you doing it and they get inspired. Like, well, if that person does it, then maybe I can do it too. And so I think that's kind of where we're trying to get with that is like, you don't have to run a super fast mile. You can walk, you can be really slow. We just want you to be happy, to have fun, and to come enjoy the day and, like, live a healthy lifestyle. That's it. That's all we're asking of you. I mean, and running is so much, just as much important for a community standpoint as when you go to the races, everybody's a community. Everybody's a family. All the race, all the participants are there to cheer you on. All the staff are there to cheer you on. The volunteers, who, whatever they may be, they're all there to cheer you on and just build this sense of community. Yeah. And that I found is so powerful and moving at races and events that it's just, okay, you're not going here and no one's going to look at you and be like, Oh, that dude's got a weird run. No, no, because he probably also has a weird run. The guy that's saying it, you know, cause we're all run uniquely and it's yeah. just that sense of everybody's in it together. We're all there for the common goal that we can all get behind it and say, Hey, let's just knock this out. Oh yeah. And that's, and that's, what's fun is because if you get into the running community at every race, you see some of the same people and it's great to kind of catch up and, you know, give them a, I mean, the old days, a hug now, maybe like a long distance high five, but you know, letting people know (laughs) that you missed them and, and seeing what they're training for or what they're doing. And it's, it does, you meet so many people uh, through that. I mean, that's how I got involved in fresh junkie really is just, I met people in the running world and I had a skill set that they were looking for. And so I just started kind of helping them out here and there. And like pretty soon, you know, seven years down the road, like, this is my job. This is my business. This is what I do every day. And I wouldn't want to do anything else. Yeah. So what, what kind of got you into fresh junkie racing? So I guess, um, years ago, I probably met, I met a lot of the guys that started fresh junkie just through doing local races, like through rocket kids, rocket chicks and things like that. Um, and then I think I brought in Pat Fellows because I used to teach at LSU. So I brought in his salad restaurant uh, as a client for one of my ad classes and we did a project for him. And from there, it kind of, you know, we formed a friendship and they realized I had a, a skill set that they needed. And so I was, 
I'm sorry. That's my dog. He just came in from outside, so he better start barking. Um, he's good. curious. Um, they realized I had a skill set that they needed, so I was a designer and knew a lot about advertising and communicating and things like that. And I was like, okay, well, I'll like make y'all some cool T-shirts or some logos or whatever. And so that's kind of how we started. And then they were, you know, we did a couple of things like that. And then one day they were like, okay, well, we can never really pay you because like we're not like a we're not, we don't think we're ever going to actually make money doing this, but like, we'll make you a part owner of the business. And it was like, that ah, seems cool. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and it was just this kind of fun friendship thing that we did. And we, you know, we, we acquired a triathlon. It was like, well, that's cool. Right. Um, and then probably in 2015, maybe, I don't even remember the year, uh, me and Jonathan Juba, who's kind of like, uh, he does all of our finance stuff and he's our race director. Um, and he is very good at what he does. Him and I were just kind of sitting around. Um, I was still doing, I was still teaching at LSU. I was still doing a lot of freelance work and we were just chatting, you know, and then finally we were like, okay, like what if we gave this a year? Like if I gave this fresh junkie venture hundred percent of my effort, you know, and like we stopped treating it as a hobby, we stopped treating it as this fun little side thing we do for, you know, for giggles on the weekends. And we made it like we thought about it as our actual jobs. Like, what could we do with that? And it was mm -hmm. like, well, okay. And I was like, okay, well, if you're in, I'm in. And he's like, okay, well, if you're in, I'm in. I was like, okay, well, let's do this. So then from there, we started sort of thinking about everything that we did a little bit differently. And we started looking at how do we grow this? Uh, sorry, the dog wants to play with the dog. <laughs> um, we started looking at how do we grow this as a business? And then acquiring new races and looking at getting serious about sponsorships and like making these events, you know, profitable. And, and we kind of, it slowly, we just kind of did it. You know, we looked at like, okay, well, I like to design things. Let's offer retail, right? Let's start designing tank tops and t-shirts we can sell. Okay. Let's do some hats, you know? And we just started, you know, working with other people who put it on races, acquiring other people's events that they no longer wanted to produce for whatever reason. Um, and then partnering with people who already had events and kind of bringing them into the fold and kind of doing some profit sharing uh, from that situation. And now I think we produce 14 events a year, maybe 15, somewhere along that line. But, you know, we grew once we decided to do it. It kind of grew really fast. Um, right. There was a while that we were adding at least one new event every year. And I begged and pleaded for us to hit the brakes for a minute because as the marketing department, uh, I was like, guys, I mean, wow, this is a lot. Like, I just need a hot second. Um, but, I mean, we've all grown and we've all pitched in and helped. And, like, one of our uh, one of our business owners, Patrick O'Brien, he's a physical therapist by trade, but he loves making videos. So he's our video guy. He does all of our course directing. Um, but then he makes all of our videos. We shoot them and he edits them because he loves doing it. So everyone has kind of brought a unique skill set to the table in the beginning, but then everyone's also learned new skills as we've needed to learn them as we've grown, um, and expanded and we've gotten better at all that stuff. So we've all kind of had to put on our big kid pants and be like, okay, this is a legit business now. Let's do this thing. And it's been a wonderful ride so far. Yeah. It's the, this, the steps of, okay, we're not, we're no longer a hobby. Like this is not, we're doing, we're not, we're not one of a business. That's just a hobby. Now we got to start making some money some kind of way. I mean, yeah, that's going to require to go from one race to a lot more. A lot more. And I mean, last year probably uh, was the first time ever that I, I wasn't teaching. Like I've always taught at LSU. I've always done freelance work. And last year I had, I couldn't do it anymore because I had, I mean, this had become my only job and I only had time to do that job. And that was, it wasn't really, it was kind of a hard decision to make because I've always loved teaching and I might go back to teaching in the future because it was something I think I was kind of made to do. But at the time it was like, I've committed to this business and this business needs all of my energy and attention, um, to make it what it needs to be. So I'm going to have to just not, not commit to teaching for a while and take a break so that I can focus on growing this business. Um, and it was, I mean, everything was going great and the COVID virus hit. And so we were just hit the, hit the brakes and everybody kind of like, well, we're just going to take a deep breath now and see what happens. Um, but I think in the end it'll, we'll go back to putting on races and people will go back to participating in races and, and hopefully we'll keep inspiring people to get healthy and be healthy and live healthy lifestyles and, and bring their kids into being healthy. Um, because I think that's one of our main goals is not so much to get people, but to get everyone healthy, right? So if you're a healthy right. parent, typically your kids are watching you do things and they're enjoying it. And, you know, I have a 10 year old who, 
I guess, two years ago, decided he wanted to run a 5K. And I, I was very proud of him. I thought, that's cool. You know, and then all of a sudden now the kid loves running. You know, he can't wait to be in the sixth grade so he can run cross country. I never saw that coming. Um, and that's, that's also fun is to watch, you know, there's a lot of us who have kids or have friends who have kids who are now becoming legit runners. And that's been fun to watch. And it's going to be fun to watch as, as they grow up and advance from the kids one mile runs to our 5Ks to who knows what, you know. Right. And so what, what are y'all doing right now during this uh, COVID-19 situation? Well, a lot of it is just stuff we haven't had time to do, um, I guess, in the past year. You know, just some housekeeping kind of things. Like one of my biggest projects is I always have to sort of sort and organize videos and photos, right? And that's been like on the hot seat of I just get it done in the moment it needs to get done. So I have time now to do those things, um, rebuild or fix websites that kind of needed some adjustments, readjust language. We're working on some retail stuff for our fall races, which usually we kind of do those, you know, under the gun, right? You got two weeks to get all this done. So now that we have time, we're having time to do some research and to look at things and to basically do the stuff that we never thought we had time to do. Um, one of those things is for all the races we produce, most most of them we own as the Fresh Junkie uh, Racing owns those, whether we own them outright or we own them in conjunction with another business. And we've never really done a good job of like promoting that and kind of pulling all those races together. And so in the past month, we've had some time to really sort of build the Fresh Junkie website, the brand, who we want to be and start pulling all those things under one umbrella, which if we're being honest, we never probably would have had time to do otherwise because it would have always been like, okay, we'll get to that tomorrow. We'll get to that tomorrow. Um, and so, you know, we're going to release some shirts probably tomorrow for sale that just, you know, under the Fresh Junkie brand for all of our races that say like running is essential, right? Because mm -hmm. it's one of the only things that people can do right now. Um, and it's something, you know, we keep saying we should probably do more with the Fresh Junkie brand across all these events, but it's always been, you know, the last thing on the list. And so right now when we're kind of paused because we really can't open registration because we don't want to, you know, have people register events if we don't know what the status is going to be like, right? So we're kind of right. waiting to see how that's all going to pan out. Um, so we're really just doing a lot of housekeeping stuff and some sort of future planning stuff so that when we do get the green light and we can sort of go out the gate running, we're going to hit the ground pretty fast. Um, we're also catching up on lost sleep because during race season, we don't sleep as much as a normal person should. So there's been some of that. It's been kind of nice. <laughs> right. And that's, I imagine going through all the, I mean, the amount of data that y'all have, I'm sure from all the races, whether it be photos, videos, you name oh, it. A lot. I mean, just it's so much there. I mean, you've got thousands of runners that yeah. each have probably a hundred pictures yeah. and you've got hours on hours of video content as well. Yeah. I spent probably the first week of the virus just sorting photographs from one race and it took five days, <laughs> five days. I mean, there was Jeez. some homeschooling mixed in there, but a majority right. of the time was like sorting photos and things like that. Um, and so we're always trying to get better, get more organized. And I'll be honest, I'm probably of, of everyone in the company, I'm probably the least organized person as the creative person that tends to be the case. Um, but I've learned to become more organized and I'm trying to always up my organizational game. Um, so I'm using this time to kind of do that and, you know, just plan for the races we're going to have in the fall and, and do the things that we normally are, you know, getting done in time, but it's take, you know, we're under the wire because, you know, the race is coming. We got, now we're trying to do those things early so that we can kind of play catch up a little bit, which is might make the fall a little bit easier. Right. And so are y'all doing like any type of virtual events or anything of that nature for so the company? We've, we've talked about virtual events. We've talked about the value of virtual events, uh, whether there's a need, whether there's a desire, right? Um, the, the thing that we've kind of decided on is doing a couple of virtual challenges, right? So starting basically using Strava, starting like a, a group for Fresh Junkie Racing and having people join it, and then doing like a beginner's challenge. So if you're out the gate starting to walk or run, this is your first time to get active, like we're going to do like a marathon May, right? So run, walk 26.2 miles in May, and you get a cool digital badge, you know? But it's more to create sort of a support group. So, cause right now people aren't really supposed to be running and walking together, you know, I mean, so, but you can still create a digital community so that people have that positive reinforcement. Um, and we're going to look at doing some intermediate and more advanced challenges for people who are in better shape. Uh, our summer triathlons have been canceled, which we are, you know, very sad about. Um, and we know the triathletes are very sad because 
I don't know that there will be a lot of triathlons that happen this summer. Um, but yeah, we already swimming have, with a big group of people tends to, you know, foster bacteria in a big yeah. pool. Yeah. And I mean, you have to do those. You can't do those in August, not in South Louisiana. It's too hot. So it has to, you know, it would need to be in the early summer, which is, it's too soon. Um, Hmm. so what we're going to probably do, we haven't worked out the logistics of it yet is we've already, we already have all the medals for our two triathlons. So anybody that wants to sign up for a triathlon challenge, give them a month. And if you have access to open water or someplace to swim, you can, you know, do the distance and then pay $5 and we'll ship you the, the medal. Uh, to do basically a virtual race. Um, or if you don't have access to clean water because, you know, pools are closed and we don't want people swimming alone in false river or anything that's dangerous, uh, <laughs> do a duathlon, you know, so run by yeah. and, um, same thing. Like you can sign up for one of these medals. If you pay the shipping, we'll mail you a medal. Congrats on your race. So that people are, cause people who are into the sport already, whether it's running or triathlons, they're still looking for challenges. They're still looking for ways yes. to keep themselves active. I mean, I know me and a friend committed to running a marathon, which actually was going to be this coming Sunday in Oregon, and it got canceled. So three weeks ago, we ran a marathon in my neighborhood, you know, just the two of us, which was maybe the hardest and dumbest thing I've ever done. Um, But it was a unique experience, and I'll never, ever forget that. You know, we ran a half marathon a couple days ago because we're just looking for ways to stay active, things that challenge you mentally and physically. Um... So from a business standpoint, I don't know that we're really looking at doing virtual races where you, you know, pay us and we give you a shirt and a medal. We haven't decided against that. We're still kind of looking to see what other people are doing, if it's a viable business interest or not. Um, But we definitely want to keep engaging with people. We want to, you know, keep encouraging people, still engaging with people, still getting them out and being physically active Um, and then trying to encourage them. I mean, we've been producing uh, a workout every Monday that we share on our Facebook page, which has typically been like a strength or a core workout that you can do. We have like a library of videos. If you don't know what a plank is, you know, here you can sort of watch the short video to show you how to do it or squat jacks or things like that. Um, so we're trying to do, you know, small things right now to hopefully prepare for when we can go back to doing races. Yeah. I mean, especially for people who are in that situation that y'all are in that your, your business and your revenue is derived from people being in large gatherings, you know, people (laughs) being together and coming (laughs) and doing things that's highly unadvised at this time. And for them, it's like, okay, what can we do during this time where we're still, we still need to want our business to be there at the end of it. It's okay. Now it's all about social engagement, digital engagement. What can we do to engage with our already existing customers while still bringing on new customers to give them something to look forward to at the end of this, you know, it's okay. You now you know Fresh Fresh Junkie as this racing event, you know, company that we put on a bunch of races. We can't put on a bunch of races right now, so we're gonna just go all all out on engaging with people, whether it be social media, you know, just face have one on one FaceTimes with people, whatever it is y'all are doing, and just saying, Hey, we're here, we're still here, right. and this is your fix. You know, your runners, they need their fix of oh, yeah. whether it be going run for several miles or being involved in an event. We just we need a fix some way. And this is like, hey, this is a variation of your fix. It's not your immediate fix, but it's something to get you through. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to do because, again, like we're all athletes. So we're all experiencing the other side of it too. We're like the races we had planned are postponed or they're delayed or they were canceled. And so, I mean, you know, when we decided to do this – marathon in my neighborhood. I mean, I live in a very hilly place. So this was, we were going to Oregon and we were going to run on a pretty flat marathon. You know, we're going to hope to have like a marathon PR, like we're going all out. And I was like, well, the elevation of this course out here is uh, not easy. Um, and a lot of people were like, well, why are y'all going to do that? Like, why don't you just run the race when they delay it? This is because we, we committed to doing it. We've trained for it. You know, we set our sights on doing it. And so I'm a hundred percent committed to running 26.2 miles. Like it's going to take a a lot longer than it should. It's probably going to hurt a lot worse than I thought it was, but yeah. I, I want to do it. And, um, so somebody in our neighborhood had shared it on the neighborhood Facebook page telling people, Hey, if you see these two girls out running, this is what they're doing. <laughs> uh, go out and uh, give them a, a, you know, a high five from a distance, you know, wave at them and, uh, cheer them on. I was very surprised at how many people actually came out and did that. And uh, how many people that I've seen since then have said, can't believe you guys ran that marathon. Like that was so cool. Like that was so inspirational and kind of awesome. And I was like, Oh, okay. I thought it was really kind of dumb, but thank you. And um, there was this one little girl that ran out from her driveway. Like she ran all the way to the road 
and she yelled at us and she was like, are you those girls running a marathon? And we were like, yeah, she goes, that is so exciting. You know, she just stood there and like waved at us. And I was like, wow. I mean, you, you forget both as an athlete and then like people who produce events that people are watching you like older people, younger people. And like the things that you do for your own needs, right. That just because you want to go for a run or you set a goal for yourself, that people are watching you and that hopefully the, the good things you're doing in your life are inspiring someone else in their life. And I think that goes back to kind of who Fresh Junkie Racing is. It's like we want to be a company that is helping people be the better versions of themselves. Um, we're right. hopefully the platform to let them be what it is they want to be. And that is that is what the beauty of race day is for us, is like we get to see those dreams. You know, we get to see those people, you know, who win the race. But we also get to see, and people often forget about this, the last finishers. Like I am typically always at the finish line when the last runners come through. And those people, the emotions that they're experiencing are probably stronger than everybody else you saw before them because they never thought they could run a 5K. They never thought they could run a half marathon. They never thought they could run a marathon. And they may be the last person, but they made it and they earned their medal. And they are more proud of themselves than probably 80% of the people that already came through. And those moments, like you never forget those moments. And every year it's, it's worth it. You know, we're standing around waiting for the last finishers and we're all kind of tired. But when you see their faces, like it, it melts your heart. Like, and you never forget those people. Yeah. It's running and triathlons and all that. It's also a very high spectator sport oh, yeah. because you're able to kind of live it with those people, live those emotions with them. Maybe not to the extent, but you're able to see it on their face. Yeah. I mean, I, I know just some people when they cross the line about that mid tier runner, when they cross the line, they're either unhappy with their time yeah. or they're <laughs> sad that they didn't do as fat as best as well as they could. And then when you get on the latter end of the tier, they're just like, they come across the line, you know, looking up like, yes, I did, I did it. it. I finished I did this it. race. Yeah. And, and it's, it's incredible. Like I've been on both sides of that. Like I've done races where I thought I'll never make it. And you do. And you're like, wow, that's cool. And I've only ever had probably one race where I finished and was, utterly disappointed in myself just like you know and it's because I put some expectations on myself that were probably exceeded reality right um but it was a great lesson because I realized going back to like a lot of athletes always ask like what's your why like why do you show up why do you train what are you why are you doing this because at some point in your training no matter if it's a short distance or a long distance or your goal you have to kind of go, well, why am I doing this every day? Like, is this, you know, and if you realize what that why is and it's easy to keep going. And I had lost sight of that because my why has always been because I think it's fun. I like the social aspect of running and I like being outside in nature and running. Right. I don't like to go fast. I don't like to, it's not about getting faster or improving my time. It was, it's always been about, I like running. I like being active. I like living a healthy lifestyle. And the moment I lost sight of that, that, that race reminded me really quickly, no, 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 you got out of your lane. So get back in your lane and remember why you do this. And it was because of all the friendships I've made over the years. And so that kind of helped me keep going. And, and I haven't, you know, haven't been disappointed yet since then, because I always go out with, well, this is going to be one heck of an adventure. Whatever happens out there, it's going to be a lot of fun to laugh about later. <laughs> yeah. Whether, whether I end up puking on the sidewalk and, you know, crawling across the finish line. I still, it's, I still it's made fun. it. So me and some friends ran, um, there's a half marathon in Natchez, uh, Louisiana. I mean, miss, sorry, Nat- Natchez, Mississippi. <laughs> and it's a very small race. They have like the start line is like legitimately spray painted, you know, like it's <laughs> the aid stations or neighbors that put water out on the course. Like it's a very tiny race. And we did it this year and uh, a friend of mine's from Natchez. And so we're running and all of a sudden I'm thinking we're going out there for a casual day of like some slow paces. And she sees some people she went to high school with and she wants to beat them. So at the end of the race, she just starts dropping the hammer and you're making us run faster and faster. And at the end, there's this hilarious photograph where we're running up a hill and it's me and her and another friend. And the three of us look like we're dying because we were trying to beat these two, two women who were behind us. And in the photograph, those women are walking and chatting and laughing and having the time of their lives. And we all look like we're dying, you know? And so we always go back to that race. Is like, that was, we had no, we had no expectations. We didn't know what was going to happen. But like, how funny was that, that we like ended up 
you know, racing as hard as we could to beat two people who didn't even know we were even on the course, you know, I mean, it was, and we all tied for second place. All three of us tied for second place because there was a total of like 35 runners. It was epic. We made our own awards. We bought ourselves some candles as awards, (laughs) but it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Oh, the, and the small races are always the funnest. I know we did, uh, we did the Cajun, not the Cajun man. We did a, a triathlon in like Alexandria or something. And my dad and my dad ended up getting an award for registering the most people for the race. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, okay, you somehow figured out how to get a discount for the multi-race sign up. So it was like yeah. four of us and yeah. he got a big old bag. <laughs> And it's just, it's, it's always nice to have those small races to kind of bring things back to normal. And it's like, oh, there's only yeah. like a hundred people here. We're such yeah. that, talk about community then. Everybody is talking to everybody. Yeah. And you still, I mean, there are people I met at some of those races, like Yam City Triathlon. Yes. I still keep in touch with people I met at Yam City Triathlon like eight years ago. Like still talk to them today. <laughs> I met them Great online race. and people are like, how do you know that person? I'm like, well, we met at the swim start of Yam City Triathlon. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> and especially when you get a triathlon, you become, that's a, that's a closer bond because they start lining you up by your swim times. So you oh, know yeah. the person in front of you or behind you, you're right in that swim bracket. So it's like, oh, you're a slow swimmer too. All right, cool. <laughs> Like, how's your biking skills? Yeah, also not good. Yeah, me neither. Okay. I'm like, what sport are you actually good at here? You're like, really none of them. I'm just here for the snacks at the end. <laughs> the snacks and the free booze, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so kind of starting to uh, to wind up the show. In regards to the Fresh Junkie Racing Company, what are some, what are two key lessons you've learned throughout the process? You know, you went from teaching as your full-time gig yeah. to you started this thing as a hobby and now it's your full time. I mean, that for a lot of entrepreneurs or even people who want to get involved in a business that they can call their own is something that is a difficult decision to make going yeah. from a full time gig that's working well to picking up a hobby and, and then making that leap. So what kind of are some, some lessons you've had along the way? Um, I would say find the right people to work with. Right. So like we all started out as friends and that has been, you know, challenging at times, just because when you work together, sometimes it's all going well. And sometimes you see things differently, but remembering it's just like being an endurance athlete It's remembering your why, like, why did we start this? Um, if we don't see eye to eye on something, how can we get back to a level playing field and like take the next steps forward again? Right. Um, and then, you know, there was a lot of times where it was like, okay, should I make this step? And like all of us who work in the business had to, had to make those decisions on our own. Um, And I think for all of us, it was like big dreams are worth chasing, right? So like in this moment, I can take this big leap and chase this dream. And if I fail, I'll at least take in the jump, right? I can always go back and do something that I like but don't love. But like right now is an opportunity to do something I really believe in with people I really believe in. And I think that's always the thing that's pushed us forward. Um, And we always had a good mix of people who, you know, one of us has a degree in finance. So that definitely helped when you're planning a business, having someone that knows the ins and outs of businesses and taxes and the things that some of the rest of us aren't good at, you know, and, and I had the expertise in advertising and communication. And, you know, so I think it was the right mix of people at the right time sharing the same vision. Um, You know, and there are days, I mean, you know, when we're in the, in the heat of race season, we are working, you know, 12 hour days for probably three to four months, you know, back to back. I mean, it's just kind of like, we don't have a day off. Like we don't take weekends off. We don't take Monday off like a hairdresser. If you work on the week, we don't do that. Like it is all in all, all work all the time. Um, and you get really tired sometimes, but then you just remember your why, you know, like going back to like, why do we do this? And for me, that's just looking through photographs as I'm working on a new project and going, that's my why. It's that lady. It's that man. It's that kid. It's that person. It's those people who I'm doing this because I love it. And I want to share the thing I love with those people and with their friends and with new people. And I think when you start a business, having good expectations, but also knowing that you have to be pliable because you never know what you're going to get into once you get into it and always being able to maneuver yourself in different ways. Um, and again, like setting your expectations to something you can achieve, but also knowing if you don't quite get there the first time that you're going to keep going, you're going to keep trying. Uh, and I think that's kind of the way we've approached fresh junkie. And we've every year we kind of manage, like, where are we 
do we want to still grow? Do we want, need to just maintain where we are right now so that nobody gets burnt out? Nobody gets bored. Everybody is sort of engaged. And then we all kind of agree on what we're doing and where we're going and, and why we're doing it. Okay. Um, yeah. That's knowing your why is huge in any business. I mean, racing, you know, whatever it may be, knowing yeah. your why and knowing what got you started in it is going to be a um, best motivator to get you through any tough time or the seven days a week, you know, yeah. 23 hours a day, maybe get an hour nap here and there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky. <laughs> so uh, we talked about this a little bit before, but why, why Baton Rouge? You know, y'all are well, here. What's one thing you like about it? I think it's mostly be- because we are here. Um, mm-hmm. Would it be easier to produce races in say Austin, Texas, Houston, Texas, Georgia, you know, pro- probably any place else where, People are more physically active um, and you have better infrastructure for events. Absolutely. But we're all from here and none of us wanted to leave our community. Um, and if we can't do it here, we don't want to, you know, we don't really want to do it. We do want to do races elsewhere, but we want to make sure we get it right here first because it goes back right. to that initiative with Louisiana Marathon, the 49 to 1. It's we are want to produce races and events and get people healthy in one of the least healthy states in the country because we're making a difference, right? I mean, if you go to other places where people have more active lifestyles, um, it would probably be much easier to produce an event because you have a built-in audience. Right now, we are trying to sort of create an audience. And in doing that, we're trying to generate lifestyle changes in people to help them become healthier and fitter and to look at their own trajectory of their lives a little bit differently. And I think that makes it harder but it also makes it more rewarding um, to see people who don't see themselves as runners or as athletes even doing things they never thought they could do. Um, so, I mean, we started here. We will always, always produce races here. We have, you know, taken on a couple of races out of our market um, and may do so in the future. But like our love and our hearts are always going to be in our own communities and making our own communities better for hopefully for what it is that we're doing. We're hopefully instilling better values uh, of health and fitness in people. And that's important to all of us. I love that. And so if you could, what would be one thing you change about Baton Rouge, given the opportunity? I don't know. I guess I would, I would hope that people would see more value in doing sort of lifestyle events, you know, because we're, we're big and we're big in events, right? Festivals, music festivals, sporting events where you're a, a passive participant. And I think that's the biggest difference is a lot of people think, Oh, you work in events. Like, so your business is similar to so-and-so's business. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, but when you're selling tickets to a concert or a baseball event or any other thing, you're a passive participant. Like you're a watcher, you know, you go sit and you watch something. I'm selling you a ticket to something you have to participate in. And it's kind of physically challenging. Um, and so I think like, I wish that people, enjoy that more than they enjoy watching uh football and baseball you know or as much i mean maybe as much i think is the better term for it because we do have to compete against people watching a lot of sports because you know we have phenomenal sports down here with lsu um and southern and all of our universities even our high schools i mean we have a lot of fun sports that people can watch and participate in um and we also are you know the louisiana's paradise you know outdoor paradise where people can fish and hunt and we have a lot of that that people like to do so I think it's trying to figure out a way that we can get people to put us in that mix as another activity that they enjoy doing. Okay. And so for the, the, the final question, what is something that I can do to help you uh, achieve one of your goals? Uh, well, you can encourage all of your friends and all of your listeners um, to stay active and healthy. And if they want to look for a challenge, you know, follow fresh junkie racing on Facebook and maybe come out to some of our events. So our first our first event should be in October, which is going to be in, Nor- in the North Shore, which is a half marathon and a 10-miler. But if you're just looking for some 5Ks, like our first 5K is the Turkey Trot. That is a fun family event that you people come out and run. People run fast. People also walk real, real slow. And they bring their whole family, and they go have Thanksgiving lunch after. So I think that's kind of something just in- encourage people to get active and then to, to set goals to do, and they don't even have to be high goals, but just do something with, with your group of humans, whether it's your family, whether it's your family, whether it's your neighbors, but do something healthy. That's good for you and good for your community. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for coming on uh, tonight. I really enjoyed it. It was a blast.
It was a blast. Um, we should hang out more in real life when after after this passes. <laughs> yes, once we can get back within you know the six feet radius, definitely yeah. have to increase that. Uh, so for everybody listening and watching, this has been the latest rendition of the Patty G Show. I'm here with Jennifer from Fresh Junkie Racing. Be sure to go check them out. Give them a follow. Give them a like, and also check out their. Um, their activities they have happening during COVID-19. You know, each Monday they have a challenge out there. So be sure to follow their page, get in touch and stay active. And if you haven't been active, try to get active during these times because there's no other time that you'll have the most amount of free time during this COVID-19 crisis. So I'm Patty G, your host of the Patty G Show, signing off with Fresh Junkie. Thank you all so much. Bye.